Hello and welcome to the Certified Mama's Boy podcast. Typically, we come on and we have a little produced up intro. We've got music and uh, I, I like to think it's a kind of a well put together podcast. Uh, today is not going to be like that. It's going to be a show almost like last week, episode 48, where we just kind of broke down because there's so much going on in the world right now. And now that it's hitting our homes, like we're literally seeing it. I, I want to take a little bit more serious of a stance. I'm actually releasing this episode on sad uh, Sunday, which is not typical because uh, I want to get this out as soon as as possible. So this is technically Monday's episode, but you guys are getting it just a few hours earlier. So typically if you're brand new to this podcast, it's uh, I'm Steve Kramer and I am, uh, I used to work at channel 933 in San Diego and I started this podcast recently. It's a daily podcast where we just kind of talk about our lives and, um, just check out previous episodes. Uh, every episode though, it starts with my mom cause I'm a mama's boy. I always have been, and she always has some wisdom and some insight and we're going to start with her today. That's always what we do. So hello mom. Hi honey. Wow. What a night. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. even sitting down last night. I told you guys that I'm working on a project right now, a couple of different projects that are, we're going to launch this week. I'm not sure if they're still going to launch this week or not, but I, even by the time I sat down and start working on it last night at seven o'clock, it's the world somewhat seemed a little bit shaken, but not stirred. And now it's, it just feels this, this morning waking up just feels like a different place. Mm -hmm. You feel that too? Mm -hmm. Definitely. It is a heavy, heavy day. We're exhausted. We're just exhausted. I mean, as a nation, I think we are so tired. And particularly, you know, the black population that's been tired for hundreds of years. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, we're all tired. We're tired of Corona. We're tired of not being able to live our lives. We're tired of the lack of leadership in this country. You know, we're just tired. I know I'm speaking for me. I should say I'm speaking for me. So I live in San Diego, uh, and a few minutes we'll be checking in with Miguel Fuller, my, my good friend who is black and has been really helpful in this process of us trying to learn as a podcast community. Uh, my mom is in Atlanta. How were things last night there? Um, a little better than the night before, but still chaotic. I know Maggie said today she drove down Peachtree and Buckhead and almost That's all the sister. stores. Yes, and almost all the stores were boarded up. Yeah. So what a sad thing for all of these store owners who are already struggling. I mean, it's just sad all the way around. Yeah. I mean, there's just no good news about this. This is not the way to resolve issues. Right. Um, here in San Diego, in case you're listening in other parts, uh, we uh, there's a, a city called La Mesa. And it's about maybe 20 minutes from where I live. And that's where the, the heat of our... Uh, protesting and riots happened last night. Mm -hmm. And in a couple of minutes too, we're going to have a guest on. His name is Bryant Tuck. He went Facebook live last night. He's just a a normal guy that he's got a lot of friends and family. And so he was just going down there to just kind of to see the scene. Well, he ended up going Facebook live with it and he gave a very in-depth look at all of the rioting and the looting and everything else that was happening down there. And he, as we'll get him on a couple of minutes, but he, uh, he, it video was seen almost, a million times by a million different people. I mean, so mm. um, that his perspective is going to be interesting too. But uh, mm. we were just like a lot of major cities. You know, a lot of major cities actually. I feel like we may have missed the mark a little bit where they did a mandatory shutdown mm. of the 
area of uh, the cities, you know, like LA right. went into shutdown. I think you guys went to shutdown too, didn't you? Lockdown did. last night. We had a curfew at nine and there's one for tonight as well. Yeah. See, we didn't have one last night and I think mm-hmm. that may have been to our detriment. Yes. So um, there were buildings that were being burnt down. Mm. Uh, people that were breaking in and looting and mm-hmm. that were, uh, it was just, it was a madhouse. And I'll link two videos from Bryant in the show notes. So you can go kind of see if you want to see the San Diego perspective of what happened last night mm-hmm. on there. Uh, so it's a really, it's going to be a really good episode today. Um, and I hope that you'll take the time to, to hear the whole thing out. And mm-hmm. Miguel's always great at helping us figure out like, why are we rioting? Like, why yeah. is this happening? Oh, is this, yeah. is this making a point or are we yeah. just destroying ourselves? Right. And he does a great job of explaining all that coming up. So what are you excellent? Mom's here every day to kind of just give some positivity and share mm-hmm. some wisdom. I mean, what where's the positivity in all this, mom? Like what mm. are how how can you as our our mom? Because <laughs> honestly, uh, so like last night, let me just tell you about my night just really quick. So I mean I sat here and uh I was working on a project of some of these projects for probably till close to midnight. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't stop watching all the all the Facebook, the lives from, from Bryant. And it was like the first time I think I've ever been like scared to be alone, like living Mm. in this house. Like I was like scared Mm. to be by myself last night. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I woke up this, I didn't sleep well. I woke up this morning, just kind of in a funk, like, okay, we need to like do something about this. I've got to answer the questions of like, why are we rioting? And Mm. so that's kind of been, so where, where do you see the positivity in all this? You know, I don't know that I see much positivity. The the sad news is that, you know, we in this country, we have the right to protest. But what has happened is other people have come in just to cause trouble. Yeah. They they don't care about George, Brianna, and they don't care about any of that. All they care about is stirring up trouble and they see an opportunity to do that. Um, and so that saddens me that there are so many people in this world that just want and feel the need to be violent right. and that they're using this platform, which could be really positive and very helpful to all of us, but they have now destroyed it. They've now destroyed it. No one can be heard. I think Miguel does a great job, though, because that's a, the number one question that I've been getting is – why are like why is it this this the avenue? And I'll tell you by the end of this podcast, I think you might have a different perspective of it, and that's what mm. I love about Miguel. So, mm. you know, what I think you could do today though is like, could you just pray for us? Mm. You know, let's do like a little prayer right here. We don't typically mm. this isn't like a really a religious podcast by any means, mm. um, but Mom though is a deacon in the Episcopal Church though, so we could probably use a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Glad to. Most gracious God, we just ask you to wrap your arms around our country, around this nation that is in such turmoil right now, and grant us your peace. Please lead us to love one another as you have loved us, and to stop the violence in this country, in this world, and heal those, Lord, that are stricken by the coronavirus in the worst ways through unemployment, through needing food, through needing housing, through being ill, through losing loved ones. Just wrap your arms around us, gracious God, and protect us and love us and show us the way. Amen. Mm. Well, you guys stay safe, okay? Mm. You too, sweetie. Uh, we'll, we'll do another one tomorrow, and I love you very much. Mm. Love you forever. 
And when we get back, we got to talk to Bryant Tuck. He's the guy last night that you saw going Facebook Live that really everyone in San Diego was watching. His experience, I mean, it's like one you'll never hear anywhere else, that's for sure. And it's next on the Certified Mama's Boy podcast. Plus, hang out for Miguel, our good buddy Miguel, who is really going to break this thing down later on in the show. Okay, so my guest today is uh, had a huge social media following last night, and all because of his Facebook Live video. Brian, how many people actually ended up watching that live? So, so far, I checked about 10 minutes ago, and I have about 900,000 views. I think about over 50,000 shares and 100,000 comments or something like that right now. It's crazy. I mean, I was sitting here last night watching it. One of our mutual friends had posted it and uh, Dan Fulkerson had posted it. And I was like, wow, here's a guy that's right literally smack in the middle of the all the rioting that was going on over in La Mesa. How did you end up there in the first place? What was your your thought process? So basically, um, from the history of what we had, I live out here in El Cajon. And we had same issues out here when uh, riots broke out. And uh, I know a lot of families and people who live out in the city want to know what's going on. So I pretty much just wanted to show up, um, show what was happening, what was going on. Um, It did start off as a peaceful protest. Um, It just escalated from there and it just turned into a mob mentality. And um, I pretty much just wanted to stay out there just to... um, let everyone know in the city what's happening and where it's happening at. And so everyone can be informed and, and hopefully be able to stay safe during the situation. Well, the news stations weren't covering it last night. I was trying to, I didn't probably didn't hop on until maybe around 1130 or midnight. And I turned on the TV first and I didn't see anybody actually down there covering it. I think maybe CBS eight may have started later on, uh, but you were like smack dab in the middle of it. Uh, yeah. Why? Did, where, when did you start? Did you start at the protest, or did you get down there when it was already starting to turn into the all the rioting? Yeah. So the news stations uh, didn't want to come out, and neither did when they set the buildings on fire. They didn't bring out the fire trucks for a very, very long time. They they deemed it unsafe for anyone to to show up. Um, so basically the fire department didn't show up till basically the, all the buildings were burnt down. But as far as when I showed up, uh, I showed up there at the police station when everyone was protesting at the station after they did the walk on the freeway. Um, like I said, it started off good, uh, until they had some vandals started vandalizing the police station and the library and, um, they had some bad apples in the crowd start throwing rocks at the police. Uh, the police started reacting back with pepper ball guns and, and tear gas. And uh, it just escalated from there. What, for you, what was the, where was the moment where you started to feel like, Oh no, this is not going to be, this is not going to be good. Was that first sense like that gut feeling in your stomach where you maybe felt like, Oh, this is turning well, the wrong direction. After watching for the past few days, all the other uh, protests and riots happening in all the different states, um, seeing how they started busting out windows and stuff and burning the buildings down. Once I started seeing them, I understand their concept of wanting to to terrorize the police. Um, I'm not for it, but I do understand where they're coming from. 
But then once they started turning to the veteran building and the library and started busting out the windows and it started getting a little more real then, then they started lighting the library on fire. And once I saw that, I knew it's just, it's, it's just a matter of time where it's, it's going to become chaos. You know, you got a perspective last night that most of us don't. And I think from especially the San Diego perspective, most things that we have seen have been on the national level, right? Over the last couple of days. Yeah. Um, what was the actual being down there? Um, even just from seeing it from your phone's perspective, it, it wasn't quite the full perspective. I mean, how many people were down there? How big of an area was this was that was really being affected? So there was probably, a, I want to say about five, six, blocks just full of people there's thousands and thousands of people there and yeah the phone does show a lot but it doesn't show the actual perspective of being there in person uh when tear canisters are flying by getting hit with pepper ball guns and and um i had a lady there who got shot in the forehead by a um a rubber bullet who was sitting there peacefully protesting she just got in the line of fire and, and she was down ambulance, had to come pick her up. And there's a lot of stuff that the phone, you can't capture, you know, and it, it's, it's pretty intense. What are the moments for you that stick out of the things that you saw that were the most unbelievable or like the most like shocking to you? So if you go watch my live videos, um, you'll see the lamb building. Um, they busted out the windows and I'm five feet away from the individuals who are starting to light the whole building on fire. Now I got a lot of, um, lash out from people, not a lot, but I had a few people lash out on me, ask me why I didn't stop it. That should put my phone down and stop. Um, you know, with a mob mentality like that, the last thing you want to do is try to stop. There's a few people who tried to stop situations and they got beat up. Um, sure. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I was right there while they're lighting the banks on fire. I was right there while they're lighting the building on fire. Um, it's, you know, seeing that and seeing that happen in your city, it, it's, it's, it's mind boggling. It's, there's no words for it. It's, it's just, it's a sad, sad time right now to, to see this happening. From the perspective I was trying to understand from last night was, is it people going after people or is it just people going after buildings or people going after just destroying things? So pretty much um, everyone was was pretty much cool with everybody. There was a few fights that broke out, but those people who got in fights were people who were trying to stop situations happening. Um, mm. Other than that, everyone pretty much it, – it was organized chaos, if that makes sense. Um, everyone was against the police. Everyone was against all these businesses. It, it was – it was just, it was mayhem. Um, it, it, it started as a protest and it ended as in just a reason to loot, destroy without having a repercussion of being, getting in trouble, you know? How do you feel uh, like the law enforcement handled the situation? Uh, the law enforcement did, I, w I would like to say as best as they could. Um, they, they were short on resources. They had uh, San Diego police out there, La Mesa, Coronado, Chula Vista. Um, they had SWAT team out there. They had the riot team. They had the Bearcats out there. Um, but what was hard for them is there was 
there was trucks being lit on fire on the south side. And then 10 minutes later, there was buildings lit on fire on the north side. And then 10 minutes later, there was behind the police station, there's building, uh, the Vons was getting broken into. There were so many things happening at one time and they couldn't spread out safely to, to, uh, stop everything. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they did a good job on pushing the crowd away to be able to bring the fire department in to put the fires out as best as they could. They, they were short on resources, but for what they had, they did a pretty good job. But again, once everyone broke into the Vons and liquor stores, they stole, stole a lot of alcohol. Everyone started drinking and with everyone getting drunk, it just escalated from there more and more. And, you know, it's, they did the best as they can. And towards the end of the night, when they got all their backup, uh, they pushed really, really hard. As you can see towards the end of my live video, um, they weren't having it no more. And, and they ended up pushing everyone out and it started dying down from there. I got out probably around three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. And when I left, everything pretty much was dying down. Yeah, I probably stopped watching around maybe around 2.30. And it was uh, shortly, I think you were heading back to your car at that point. So what was, when the when the camera then shut off, or when we didn't see any more lives for the night, Yeah, how what was the process of you getting out of there and getting home? Because I can only imagine it's so, it, just easy as driving away, you know? Yeah, so the police, um, they had about four blocks of... Um, riot police shut down every street and they're just pushing everyone out so i couldn't walk to my car i had to walk around about four blocks um probably like a mile or two to go all the way around to go on the back side of the street where my car was parked thankfully they didn't walk down that street they had that street blocked off at the end but i was able to get my get to my car and drive off um i had many 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 business owners contact me through messenger um i did my best to get hold of everyone i drove by everyone's businesses that asked me to to make sure that they were okay um so after i got to my car i drove around to a few businesses uh, updated some business owners let them know how their business is um but as far as that the after we left they tried to go hit grossmont center mall police shut that down very 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 quick they did get into the into walmart and target but the police got them out of there very quick what do you what do you walk away with this situation with I mean how are you feeling this morning even uh what what's what's replaying through your head what's what scenes um what's the the vibe after uh, all this I I'm I'm still in disbelief um I I'm a, I'm I'm up for protesting I understand you want to protest I I get it um I'm for it but to where the extent they took it to it's just I'm in disbelief um the the just watching them lighting the fire to this historical place that's been here for 40 years that has yeah. priceless things in there that was just lit on fire with no care just watching them lighting on fire watch these people break into these small businesses um there was one part where a business owner showed up after his business was looted and lit on fire and he's over there collecting all these things on the ground as part of his business business and, and he's almost in tears and he's trying to keep people out of there. You know, seeing how it's really affecting these people, it's 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 heartbreaking and, and it's 
going to devastate these business owners for a very, very long time. I'm just right. in disbelief of what the city has come to. Yeah. Well, I know we all were too, and the near million people that have watched the video last night. And yeah, uh, I, I, I know I saw a lot of people on there saying thank you, and you know, it, it was a perspective we would never be able to see without you. And but I mean, it, it seemed like a movie. Like I, when I was, I almost had to stop myself a couple of times, yeah, it, it, and it, say like, it, this isn't a movie. This is real life. You know? Yeah, it's it's when when that land building was on fire, and I'm in front of it taking a couple pictures. It, yeah. it literally seemed unbelievable. It seemed like something you literally see in, in an action movie. It's, it's incredible, but then you got to snap back out and you realize you're in reality. This is real life right. going on right now. It's, it's yeah, incredible. Man. But yeah, you're more Crazy. than welcome to share my Facebook and the lives. Uh, let everyone know what's going on. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Well, I'll put all that in the show notes so you can go, go check it out over there. I just, I appreciate you making time to do this today. Okay, my guest today is a fan favorite. The most downloaded episode came from this man. He's been a friend of mine since college. We worked together on a radio show. He now hosts a radio show over in Tampa. It is Miguel Fuller. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Hello. Jesus, help us all. (laughs) I hopped up this morning, and I was telling Miguel a second ago I was having awful anxiety because I, number one, am super thankful I don't have to be on the radio today. Uh, shows like these are always hard and how you're going to handle it tomorrow on the radio. I, between balancing music and like trying to sound like you're having fun and giving a fuck about what Kim Kardashian's family is up to is like, just, um, well, that that's one of the things that we're actually doing or talking about, uh, for tomorrow. I just, we're not going to do a regular show tomorrow because I just don't feel like that's where we are in our city, in Tampa, in our country. It just, like literally who cares that Chloe Kardashian doesn't look like herself in pictures right now. Like I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't I matter. Don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, so we're recording this the morning after um, some of the, the biggest riots and protests throughout the country. This is Sunday morning, the 31st of May. And I wanted to invite Miguel back on here because in case you didn't listen to episode number 48, um, Miguel and I have been friends for a long time and Miguel has always been such a great source of seeing things from a different perspective when it comes to race for me, race and even, uh, like the gay, gay issues and a lot of issues that I don't see because I am not, because I'm a, a straight white male. I can, I, I sent my sympathy is low because I don't know it, but my empathy is high because I just can't imagine the things that, people that are not white males have to go through on a, a constant basis that I've never really had to think about before. And that's kind of what we got into on episode 48, which I highly recommend you go listen to kind of about when it comes to white privilege and what that means and how it doesn't have to have such a negative connotation, just more of a recognition that it's there and kind of what you can do about it. Well, today I wanted to get Miguel on because there. I, I, I'm trying, I still see myself as a public figure and I am and having this podcast, I still get a lot of questions and I try to provide an answer and a lot of the answer questions I don't have. And I'm going to, if I'm going to sit here, if I'm going to be a sounding board, I want to make sure that I'm saying things that are moving the ball forward. 
I told a girl this mm. morning, she was, she was telling me, thank you for you know, using your voice. And I told her, I don't want to just use my voice. I want to use my voice effectively. And I can come on here this morning and I can just say, oh my God, it was so scary last night. And I was like in my house over here in Point Loma and I was so scared. But like that is not going to do anything for anybody. So right. I wanted to take some of the questions that I have. And I actually went on my Instagram and said, what questions do you have? Because Miguel has always been great about letting me ask questions that I probably wouldn't feel comfortable asking other minorities. And you're always very welcoming for that. Let me start though first with um, kind of talking about how the night was where, where you were. Mm-hmm. Um, so here in Tampa, um, we first thought things were going to be peaceful in Tampa and in St. Pete. And then um, around late afternoon, it sort of took a turn and in Tampa, there was like a gas station that was burned down. There was a couple of retail stores and a restaurant uh, that was burned down. But in St. Pete, things were different. And I was not out at anything. Uh, but what I've been reading this morning is the sort of the how the police handled the in the two cities, the situation differently. Whereas in St. Pete, the police sort of said, you know what? you will not see a police officer. We want you all to protest. We want you to let your voices be heard. Whereas Tampa was a little more heavy handed and not like they weren't, you know, manhandling anyone or anything or throwing tear gas or anything, but it was more so you felt a presence um, when they were protesting. I don't know if that is what, why Tampa led to some of the, uh, the, rioting or looting or whatever and St. Pete didn't. I wasn't there so I really can't speak on it but that's sort of what the speculation was um, in the newspaper this morning. Did you feel motivated to go out last night? No because um, one I still have COVID in my in my head and mm-hmm. because um, I'm still going into the radio station every day and my co-host Holly who you know we've had on um, her mother is in her seventies. And so that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I've been more proactive about not doing a lot of stuff and going to public places just yet, because I still go into the studio with Holly every morning and I don't want to put her at risk. Right. Um, so that's why I, I chose not to, but like on, like I said, tomorrow on our show, I've already been arranging some listeners that are out at the protest uh, to sort of give us their firsthand account on it and also giving information where I can on my social media. Right. I, I can only imagine the sense of pressure you might have on you uh, to because you are a well-known figure in Tampa and you're a black man. It's got to feel like a lot more pressure in situations like this. Have you felt that when it comes to making statements, when it comes to things that you are saying or things that you are doing? Oh, absolutely. Um, I I know for for going out there, I just felt like that's not where my voice would be best used. My voice is better used in getting information out on social media, um, having these sort of conversations. I plan on going live on uh, my Instagram later on with uh, one of my uh, co- colleagues in Orlando who's from Atlanta and she's black and on the radio in Orlando and her and I were texting back and forth and saying we wanted to have a conversation together and right. sort of bring our listeners together um, and then putting together a show tomorrow on the air that can be 
widely used by the community, um, trying to get, you know, some of the public officials on to sort of give their take on stuff and talk right. to people and just be the voice and let people sort of use our radio station as a sounding board. Um, so to me, I feel like that's where I'm better utilized as. Um, but I will say that after we had our conversation on your podcast last week, I really sort of took the rest of the day and just really was in my feels and decided to write something that I put on my uh, Facebook page and my Instagram. And then I ended up talking about it on the air. And I was really nervous because, you know, we're still in the South. And right, even right. though our city is very progressive and I'm a gay black man who has a successful morning show, when you start talking about these issues on a station where the majority of our demographics are white women and you mm -hmm. just don't know how it's going to touch them, how it might anger them. And I will tell you that I had so many positive comments, so many wonderful messages from white listeners who were like, I'm sorry, I don't know what to do. Tell me how I can help. And mm -hmm. from our black listeners, our people of color that were like, thank you for being our voice and speaking about your experience that may be a little bit different from mine, but showing people why we're so angry, why these right. things are happening, and why it's so upsetting. So let's talk about yesterday, because I think what played out in Tampa was the same thing that played out in San Diego, which is the same thing that played out in most cities. And I kind of just wanted to get your take on it, because that's a lot of questions that I'm seeing, either on social media or that I'm getting personally sent. It comes down to how is any of the rioting helping. And I think first off, it's really important for us to differentiate between what a riot is and what a protest is, because I think that the healthy protesting that was going on yesterday um, is one of the reasons I am just proud to live in this country. The fact that you can go out and you can have your voice heard. Uh, there's a lot of countries that can't say that. And so that made me extremely happy to see so many people get out yesterday in so many different cities it wasn't it wasn't like in 92 with the LA riots where it was just kind of it was almost in every major city i was sitting here last night yeah. kind of watching the different cities and their in their their protest and then as the night went on you started to the the tone in every single city started to change to rioting where you started to see right. looting and breaking into stores and burning down cars and burning down buildings over in la mesa here uh, i don't have an official count but there were i mean several I would say over 10 that I saw myself built uh, um, um, businesses that mm. or banks that were, you know, that were burnt to the ground. And right. I, I guess like, again, as an ignorant white man and what I'm seeing a lot of white people saying on social media is I don't understand why this is happening. I don't understand the right. point this is getting across when it goes from, having a peaceful protest into, you know, these, these riots. So it's difficult and there's no easy answer. Um, I think that first off, I want to say that, and I, I feel this sentiment from a lot of my black friends uh, that I've been chatting with is, you know, when we have tried to peacefully protest Colin Kaepernick that was looked down upon. 
when you have right. actors and actresses at award shows trying to speak on it, people say, well, that's not the right form to do it. When you have a peaceful protest, no one pays attention. So the thing that I've been seeing is sometimes you got to burn some shit down to get people to pay attention. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I understand it. Because now we have reached a boiling point where people are like, okay, people are angry. They are upset. They are sad. They are fearful. They have this rage that has just been boiling up for so long. And when you have people that have felt ostracized, not listened to, what else are we supposed to do? (laughs) What else? How else are we supposed to show that we are upset and that we're not being heard? And I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand it because you have people that are so angry and so frustrated and no one is listening. I mean, yes, people, I've seen the memes too. Well, Martin Luther King, he peacefully protested and he changed the world. Yes, he did, but then he got killed. So literally, what else are we supposed to do to change things? Like I said, I don't think it's right, but I do think that sometimes you have to do things like this, like the Boston Tea Party. What was that? They tore up some shit and people listened. What are white people supposed to be saying right now? Because I I actually text Miguel one day. Um, was it Friday I text you after I posted something on social media? And I, I honestly, that's the, one of the main reasons I wanted to bring you on today because I didn't want to misspeak on either side. There's part of me, I, I feel as conflicted as you do. Um, and I, when I look at the situation and I, I, I'm not in any place to tell anybody how to react to this situation. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't, right. Uh, right. I, I feel the same way you do is like I, I, I don't know those feelings. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've never been repressed. I've not seen it in my family line. I haven't had a someone of my color brutally murdered on the street before, and you know, in, in, in the sense of it being such a national situation. So it doesn't affect me the same way that it affects a lot of people. I though do want to move the ball forward in the right direction. And I'm just kind of scared. I had a friend yesterday that was saying that she had posted this video about how grateful that she was, um, that even though everything was going on, that we, it was like a sunny day outside and that, you know, she could like get out and, and like run. And, um, and she had one of her friends go in on her being like, Oh, well, you know, it must be nice that you're able to get out and run. You know, there's a lot of black people that can't get out and do that. And without having to like fear for their, for their life, um, I posted something on social media that I got really upset about because, and I had to text Miguel on Friday to make sure that I wasn't in the wrong or that I was not seeing it from the wrong point of view, which was uh, the night, the day after the Minneapolis uh, riots, I had posted a picture of a lot of people cleaning up the city and mm-hmm. a guy had messaged me and he's like, you know, fuck you. I can't believe you would do this. You're on their side. You're, you know, you're part of the resistance because you would post something like that. And I, I, I just, I don't know what to say or what to do right now. And I think there's a lot of white people or non-black people that kind of feel the same way of, I don't, I don't know how to handle this 
or, or what to even say about it. Right. Right. No, I get it. And I mean, and, it, and it's tough it feels right now, unsafe. but it feels unsafe to say anything, to be honest with you. And and that's not going to help anything when it comes to the way that we as the, you know, uh, trying to be empathetic or trying to understand it. I don't, I, when people are telling me, fuck you, it just makes me want to back away, which is not going to solve the issue. Now, this may be unpopular, but live in that uncomfortableness for a little bit because that's a little bit, just a little taste of what it is to be us. That uncomfortableness, not knowing what to say, feeling mm. out of your element, mm. feeling like, how do I, what do I, welcome, welcome. <laughs> just a little bit of what it's like. And it sucks. It sucks, doesn't it? But you take that uncomfortableness and you push through it and find different ways that you can help. And I've seen a lot of posts about here are some things that you can do as a white person to help if you want to help move the ball forward. Um, and there is um, a really great post on Instagram. Um, it's by this artist uh, or psychologist or something. Her name is like Jeannie Rouse on Instagram. And she has a post that says eight lessons about racism that were helpful to me as a white person. Um, and one of the first mm. ones she talks about is there, this isn't a quick fix to the massive systemic problem. This is about a lifetime of hard conversations with ourselves and others. Two, mm. action items like read books by black author authors. It may sound too long-term or intellectual, but that's the point, getting to know the experience. Uh, if you have white or white passing privilege, your job is to use it. That means giving up your money, time, power to create safer spaces and opportunities for others. Uh, doing the work doesn't erase the fact that you still benefit from these systems, but when you start to think you're one of the good ones, check yourself. Use your privilege to have conversations and hold your racist relatives accountable. Talk about race at the dinner table. And to me, this is something that I've been talking about with my white friends this weekend, is when they say, what can I do right now? Have those hard conversations with the relatives that you know at Thanksgiving and Christmas, old Uncle Tom is always going to talk about, well, you know those black people, and you know after everything that's going on, he's going to bring it up. Or maybe there's like a big group chat you have with all your family members or email or Facebook group. Call them out. Don't just sit there and be quiet and let him spew that stuff. Shut him down and let him know that it's not right and it's it's interesting you say that because i was thinking last night about how we've done a really good job with that with a lot of different things where people feel uncomfortable like and i'm just going to say it because i know it makes everybody uncomfortable but the word retarded i'll be the first person to Mm. shut somebody down with using the word retarded when they use it as like a someone who is uh making a, a dumb decision or you know something along those lines uh, but I feel like we, I, and I'll, I'll even admit it, you know, that I'm sure in my lifetime, I'm sure that I've heard things that, that have been racist. And instead of, I probably just laughed along just to right. not feel uncomfortable, not to make the other person feel uncomfortable. But I think maybe that's the reason that we're in the, the problem that we're today. Not that I agree with it, but if I'm sitting around with a bunch of friends and everybody's laughing at a racist joke, I, I wouldn't be the first one to stand up and say, hey, that's racist. You need to stop that right now. Right. 
But right. then again, everybody's by, having a good time and you're just right. wanting to go along, but you're just you're you're contributing to the problem if you do that. God. Um, it's, it's tough. It's uh, no, it, but it's not. It's uncomfortable. It's not tough. It's right. just uncomfortable. I mean, nothing. None of this is hard. That's the thing. I mean, truly, none of none of the stuff that white people can do is hard. It's just something that that's going to make a, a, a lot of us uncomfortable. And that's I even posted that on Instagram this morning. Uh, I posted this meme about like literally the same thing you just said. Like we've got to like say something. We've got to like do something. Um, how how can you articulate those feelings that you think the people that are going through feeling so upset to feel the need to like burn down buildings? Like, how do you articulate that pain to somebody that may not be able to understand it? Cause I think a lot of people ask the same question. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, and we don't get it because we haven't been through it. We don't, we don't even know. Right. Is there any way to articulate that pain? Think about, um, seeing your mother cry over something that she's been through and think about a moment where your, your mother or your parents or your grandparents cried and they were feeling pain because of um, a relative dying or, or something. And you just feel that like gut, just that gut wrenching. Oh my gosh. I just feel devastated for them. Like that's sort of the pain that we feel when we watch that video of George Floyd or you read the story about Breonna Taylor or you hear about Trayvon Martin and you see that over and over and over and over. And every time you see those stories and you read about them, that pain just comes up again and again. And then you put on top of that the racism that you encounter on a daily basis, depending upon where you live or what your experience is, and you compile, compound all of that. And then on top of that, you know, you have, you always have to like be the person to answer the questions to help people understand like, well, I don't, well, like, why are you so angry? Like, I don't, I don't understand. And it's like, I'm tired. I'm tired of having to always bend my life to make a white person feel comfortable. I'm tired of always having to explain myself. I'm tired of always having to, you know, ooh, look at you, Miguel. You are the whitest black person I've ever met. Ha, ha, ha. Like, what does that mean? But when you stack all those comments up, it's a powder keg. And then you get to this boiling point where it's like we literally can't move the conversation forward at all because it's never the right time or the place to do it. And then on top of that, when you have the president of the United States of America that is supposed to be the uh, bringer together of everyone, who's supposed to unify to, I think the phrase when Obama was in office, the consoler in chief. When he sends a tweet out Friday morning that says, if you loot, we'll shoot. How the fuck do you think we're supposed to react? Are we supposed to go, you know what, Trump? You're right. 
let me not be angry anymore. You've really consoled me in this moment, and I feel a lot better about my position in this country. No, we're fucking angry. That's where the confusion, I think, is coming in. How is burning down the buildings like doing anything? But I see the point of like, and this is, I, I think, surface surface value versus deeper issues, right? It's not about... It's not just about this one situation in Minneapolis. This isn't George Floyd happened. This no, is this is so years, many years. years yeah. And years and years and years of it. And like, absolutely. But I, do, and but I think that point. we as, as white people have a hard time understanding that. And that's, I think where the issue comes in. I mean, honestly, on, yeah, because, on the surface, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Right. We can, we can both agree with that. Right. That like on the surface, it doesn't right. really make a lot of sense right. on paper. Like, we're burning down buildings in our own cities because we're upset with with race relations. I mean, it doesn't really make logical sense, but I think that's what happens. Sometimes you have to get a little illogical when all the logical options have run out. Because once again, what else are we supposed to do? Yeah, Who's going to listen if we don't do that? You're never in the right spot to speak on these sort of issues, you know, or if you do a protest, no one's going to listen because it's a peaceful protest. And that's just, quite frankly, not interesting to cover. You know, we're not journalists, you and I, but we're radio people that are in the media. And I mean, and this is what I, I always tell our audience is I'm like, think about it. If we came on here, you know, on a Monday, like if this all wasn't going on and we were like, so in downtown St. Pete, there was a peaceful protest in front of the police headquarters about race relations. What do you think about that? Mm -hmm. Girl, people would be tuning out in a second. But when you say people set the police station on fire, you're going to be like, whoa, why are they doing that? What's going on? I need to you're going to perk up and you're going to pay attention. And I think all of this together is kind of an eye-opening situation. People saying, I don't understand why people are doing this. And I think, honestly, I do think that a lot of people may have gotten caught up in the, like the hype of it last night. I think that there are some people that, that shouldn't have been out there that kind of just took advantage, you know, but I don't think that that, that should be, taken away from the point of why it happened in the first place. I think the purpose of why it happened. Yes. You just hit the nail on the head. Like, (laughs) yes, some businesses were, were burned down and it's very, very unfortunate because we should, and we should say that too. We should take time to to descend our sympathy to anyone who was adversely affected. And honestly, our communities are all going to be adversely affected by this. Period. Right. Right. Our neighbors, our friends. Yes. And especially, uh, you know, if we're coming off of COVID-19 and I'm thinking about, you know, not about Target. Like I feel for the people in the community that work at the the, uh, Target, you know, in these communities that are underserved and like that's their job. That's their livelihood. Um, And I'm thinking about the, the restaurants or the grocery stores owned by people that decided to that have spent their livelihoods to serve these communities and now their businesses are burned down and hopefully they'll be able to rebuild those. But George Floyd will never have his life back. Brianna Taylor will never have his li- her life back. Um, Ahmad will never be able to come back to life after those 
two men gunned him down while he was jogging. Trayvon Martin will never come back. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of, yes, it sucks. Things were burned down. But you know what? A lot of people's lives have been lost. And on top of that, how many people have had these experiences with racism, with police officers that we're targeting black people that we will never know about, that were never reported, mm-hmm. where right. you just sort of, well, this is a part of my life. I'm a black man. I'm a black woman in America. This is a part of our existence. So I can't report it because, you know, who, what are they going to do about it? So I'm just going to keep going on in my, with my life. I so think that if, is why. That is why. I think if, if we saw what we saw last week when the New York Times, was the New York Times New York Post that posted the – all of our names of some of the hundred thousand people that mm. were that died from the coronavirus. I, I think that if we were to see, if we could fit, like, like, like somehow physically see all of the racial inequalities that have happened, because you're right, a lot of them. I would say probably ninety nine percent of them go unnoticed by the general population, the general right. white population. Um, we don't see it. We don't feel it. But I think that if we, but then also, but I I think this is also Kramer where I, we're going to put a little bit this on you in doing your, your research, you know, like Mm -hmm. I can go down to my garage right now and I still, what I'm 34 now. And we were at college in what, 2007, 2006, from when I took, I have papers, boxes from my African-American studies class where I dug deep and wrote this research paper on Emmett Till. If you don't know that story as a white person, please go spend 30 minutes reading about Emmett Till, a young boy, and it still chokes me up thinking about it because that is why we're doing what we're doing. This boy was walking down the street He looked at a white woman. Someone didn't like it. They went, they charged him and hung him. A boy, because he looked at a white woman. Looked. And then his mother made them have an open casket funeral so the world could see the injustices of what was going on. That Mm. didn't change anything. That's why we're mad. Do your research. Read about those stories because I know about it. I'm sure if you ask any black person who Emmett Till is and the list goes on and on and on, they'll be able to tell you about that. But these are the stories that have been happening forever. Did you know that back in the 1800s, in the early 1900s, when they would lynch black men and women, they would have it as like the Sunday gathering. You would take your family like you were going to the picnic to the park to see the people being lynched. And then they would take their fingers and body parts and stuff as souvenirs. That is part of our history. That doesn't just go away. That is somebody who is alive right now's great, great grandfather. And those stories have been passed down. That is just not forgotten. That is, that is impressed on your DNA. And now that DNA is screaming for change because we just can't fucking take it anymore. I think that the first thing we have to realize is this, this very, uh, very, very loosely 
based on just what happened with George Floyd. I mean, I, and I yes. think that's what white people have got to get over first is like, well, I mean, it was, it was really bad. What happened? You know, it's a poor guy lost his life. And I think we've got to see the bigger picture of what's really going on has been for years that we just, we haven't dealt with. And, and I'll, you know, again, I'll, I'll admit it. Like I'm, I'm, I don't know that I'm part of the problem, but I haven't been a part of the solution. And I think the right. best quote that's come from any of this is, you know, it's, it's, it's no longer okay to just be, you know, I'm not racist. You can't just be not racist anymore. We all have to be anti-racist, just like we were all anti-bullying, what, 10 years, five years ago, right? Everyone's mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, this has to stop. I think right. we made a lot of progress in that field, right? I think when it came to the, the Me Too movement, Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see. Time will tell. It's still fairly new, right? But right. I feel like we made a lot of progress. We, a lot of things were brought to light. Mm-hmm. And, if, you know, I, I, I'm not sure why the George Floyd, I think maybe because we literally saw, we saw an institution it. that we are meant to trust mm-hmm. kill a man who was begging for his life. When you see a man, a grown man, pleading for his mother and his life draining from his eyes, and you can just see the the dread, like that changes you. It makes you feel yeah. differently. Yeah. And I just hope and pray that we don't, in three weeks, we're talking about something else. We've moved on. I know. We're talking about some other scandal and Trump's trying to sue Twitter or put the founders in, in yeah. prison. No. No. We need to keep talking about this and we keep we need to keep moving the ball forward and making sure that people understand why this is happening and change it. Yeah. I'm going to ask you one more question and it's kind of because I went on my Instagram this morning. Mm-hmm. And I said, Hey, I've got Miguel coming on and most of the questions we've, we've answered, we've covered pretty well. One though that I keep seeing over and over and over again, it's a tad off topic, but I, I would like for you to address it because as so many people are asking, which is the, the use of the N word and the use of the N word between in, in the black culture, especially when it comes to rap music. And um, I think a lot of people that are confused if it's such a derogatory term, then how is it used so freely throughout the black community? Um, that is, I mean, there's no clear cut answer uh, from what I've always said for me personally. And like I always say, I do not speak for the entire black population, just Miguel Fuller. Um, I don't like to use it. I don't like to hear it. Um, people in my family say it, and I've always been a big advocate of not saying it. But for um, some people, it's taking that word back that was hurled at us for so long, that was just so vile and nasty, and turning it into a term of endearment in our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I don't like to use it, but uh, you know that's right. sort of how, how it's come about. And if you are a person that's listening and you're like, well, but that, that just doesn't make, don't get lost in that. It's not about that. We've moved beyond that. Like that's at the bottom of, you know, what this bigger <laughs> conversation right is about. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't care if a rapper wants to use it in his rap song. I don't care. What I do care about 
is uh, education equality, <laughs> about pay yeah. equality, uh, those sort of things. Why don't we have grocery stores in low-income places? You know, those are the things that I care about. I literally don't care about why they're saying the N-word in rap songs or whatever. I, right. I, I don't care. Right. Right. Okay, you, uh, you're you amazing as always. M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L-E-R on uh, Instagram and on Facebook. And I uh, always appreciate you, man. I always appreciate these conversations, especially on hard days like these. And hopefully, if you feel so motivated, you can take this podcast or episode number 48 and then share it on social, man. Like this is, Miguel always does a great job. Even like, I feel like I'm pretty educated and I feel like I'm quote unquote woke. But every time you and I have conversations like this, I walk away being like, damn, like I, uh, I learn something new every time. So I do appreciate you, sir, as always. Thank you. Well, thank you for taking the time to have the hard conversations because it would be easy to not, to not talk about it. So thank you for, for having the conversation and, you know, showing your listeners who I've had a few of them reach out to me on Instagram and thank you so much for doing that. Um, great. And saying so. And by the way, I just want to say to you, happy early birthday. <laughs> Thank you. It doesn't happy seem like birthday, appropriate. Happy early birthday, I want it on the uh, positive note. Happy early birthday. You're going to be what, 45 now? I just feel 45. <laughs> this year alone has felt like about nine years. So uh, it's, it's Actually, fine. I, I think that... We we have all aged about ten years right now. Yeah, it, it truly feels like that. This uh, this week it depends on how the how everything goes. I'm supposed to be launching a couple different projects this week, and uh, I just I don't know if it's going to feel appropriate. But if if it seems right on my birthday, I'm I'm going to go through the archives and find some of the ridiculous stuff that we used to do on on birthdays <laughs> because <laughs> it was always a. interesting oh, interesting gosh. time. I'll tell you a really a, a fun. Miguel story really quick just to kind of lighten the mood before the end of it even though I mean I don't know should we lighten the mood or should we leave it I think we need to leave it uncomfortable I don't want to lighten the mood it seems so radio of me to be like well now we got to lighten the mood and sweep her out yeah because then I, we're I like let's go into it. a high tempo record hey yeah, right. here's Katy Perry like what <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I want to I want to leave it uncomfortable I don't want to leave it on like a happy note I don't think we need to yeah. I don't I don't want I don't want people to walk away right now being like Oh, okay, it's fine. Like I want you, like you said, like we need to sit in this uncomfortableness, and our brains want to make it comfortable for everybody because that's what we're so used to. At the end of breaks is making sure it's like you know, leaves mm-hmm. on a, everyone's got to leave on a happy note. I mean, no, yeah. we don't have to. We don't have to in this situation. That's our radio so. training at work. Mm-hmm. I know. All right, I I love you very much, and I hope this is the last time we have this conversation. But if not, I, I I do appreciate you coming on and and helping us, you know, understand better each time. Absolutely, love you too. Have a good day. I really appreciate you listening to today's podcast. I know it was a heavy one. If you're new to this, it's not typically this heavy. Uh, but listen, the basis of this podcast is live, laugh, love your mom. And this is the live part that's not always the most glamorous thing to do, right? So uh, if you would like to subscribe, it'd be much appreciated. If you'd like to leave a review, I'd appreciate that too. If you're on Apple, you can just scroll down and leave your review on there. If we've earned five stars, it's much appreciated. And also, if you want to share this episode, I think that really was what would mean the most to me and my mom right now is having the ability to get this message to as many people as possible. I think Miguel did a great job. I think Brian did a great job. I want to thank them both again for coming on the show today. And uh, we'll, we'll do another episode, hopefully brighter, tomorrow. Until then, no sound effects, no, no music, no voicemails. I love you forever. See you then.